Hello, welcome to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help to define major global stories. I'm Adrian Finnegan. It was established 25 years ago to give a voice to the voiceless around the globe. The Al Jazeera network has questioned leaders, angered politicians, and tackled topics often seen as taboo. But the path to become the first news channel in the Arab world to tell the human story has come with many risks. Dangers ranged from having to close its offices and bureaus in high-risk regions to them even being bombed. So let's bring in our guests. Uh, joining us from here in Doha is uh, Khalid Albaya, who's a political cartoonist focusing on the Arab Spring and freedom of expression. From Amman, we're joined by uh, Daoud Kutab, who's a journalist and board member of the International Press Institute. And Scott Lucas is in Birmingham. He's a political analyst and uh, emeritus professor of American studies at the University of uh, Birmingham. Welcome uh, to all of you. I'm going to begin this discussion with the kind of question that I'd normally reserve uh, for the end of, of Inside Story. And while I don't want it to be entirely uh, self-congratulatory, it is our 25th anniversary. So I'd like to know uh, from each of you what Al Jazeera means to you personally. Why has it become important to you? Uh, and what impact has it had on, on people and society uh, where you're from? Scott? Well, a few years before Al Jazeera was created in 1996, I was struck by another uh, cable outlet, CNN, whose motto at the time of the 1991 Iraq war was, we keep America on top of the world. Now, I have a great deal of respect for CNN. I've worked with CNN, have a great deal of respect for the BBC. But by and large, the international media world for many people was of a prism seen through prism seen through U.S. and U.K. outlets or possibly European outlets. That creation of Al Jazeera, first Al Jazeera Arabic, then Al Jazeera English, opened up the media space. It opened up the media space in part, as you mentioned in your introduction, simply because Arab communities, where was their voice out to the world? Where was their voice about their own communities? But then also the notion of Al Jazeera Arabic and Al Jazeera English reporting from the ground up that you didn't have to think of Africa or the Middle East or Latin America first and foremost as a playground of Washington or London or Moscow or Beijing. That was important. This isn't to say that Al Jazeera English, despite all your best efforts, has always given voice to the voiceless, but it has had that intent since the 1990s. And just to have that goal, especially because the 21st century world, as we're seeing today with issues like climate change, the pandemic, as well as conflict, those conflicts are becoming even more damaging. We need more and more voices which simply are recognizing the human cost as well as the human aspiration rather than representing one country or one state's point of view. Uh, point of view. Dawood, what does Al Jazeera mean to you? What impact has it had on uh, journalism in the Middle East and, and North Africa? Are people in the region now more informed as, as more of the region's journalists have sought to emulate Al Jazeera's journalism over the last 25 years? Well, in 1995, I remember giving a lecture that Arab television news uh, does not have the idea of live studio interviews. They uh, basically appoint an anchor who is loyal to the government and they can control what the anchor asks, but they cannot control what the answer is from a guest. Now, when Al Jazeera came, that whole idea of not having live interviews was thrown out of the basket. And now even the state-run television knows that they cannot work unless they have live interviews. That was the kind of a technical side, but it actually showed 
how much open space uh, uh, Al Jazeera provided. But I, what I like the most about Al Jazeera is not only the fact that it provides opinions from both sides of a particular issue, but it actually provides pictures and video pictures of all sides. I know that uh, when there was attacks in uh, North uh, Palestine or South Lebanon or when in Gaza, you have like four or five live feeds, some from Gaza, some from the borders of Gaza and Israel, some from Shara, uh, Sheikh Jarrah, some from a uh, demonstration in Nazareth or Tel Aviv, all at the same time. No station, no satellite station has ever done that, especially when the cases has to do with Arabs or the Palestinians. And so, uh, and now in Sudan, you know, you open up uh, Al Jazeera and, and you have like five different feeds, all live, no matter what you think of Al Jazeera or, or, or the uh, editorial line of Al Jazeera, you actually get live feeds from the ground of what people are saying, what people are doing, what, what does it look like on the ground? And I think that's the most important power, the resources that Al Jazeera has and the way they use their resources with all sides to a particular story is just amazing. Khalid, what does Al Jazeera mean for you? What impact has it had on society in the Middle East and, and, and North Africa? To what extent has it been a catalyst for change? Would those changes have happened if Al Jazeera hadn't been in existence? I mean, for me personally, I see Al Jazeera as some sort of um, catalyst for me as well. I mean, I, as a political cartoonist, uh, just starting to, to, to understand what politics is and coming in as, uh, you know, a young uh, son of an economical refugee here in Doha and where we're working. And, and of course, you know, my father was very interested in the news, but he always laughed at the nine o'clock news, which was like the small segment that they had at the end of the day, because it was all just praising the great leader and da da da, da you know, whether it's in, in, in Sudan or elsewhere. So when Al Jazeera came, I mean, everyone was just in their chairs waiting, at the edge of the chairs waiting for what the next thing that's gonna happen. Because for the first time, we actually had a conversation. We actually heard from different sides. Well, we actually heard from signs that we never heard of before. So that, that created a lot of conversation, which was needed and still needed actually until today. And I remember going to Sudan in 1997 in, you, know, you know, as a family uh, and going everywhere and Al Jazeera was on every TV. You know, you go to the barber shop, you go to a restaurant and everyone was just there, you know, listening to Al Jazeera because this is, you know, this is where, this is where a conversation happens. This is the only place where a conversation happens. And it's in, in all of these um, highlights of my life, for, and the life of my generation, you see Al Jazeera, like, you know, the 9-11. You know, I still remember sitting in the dorm room in, in, uh, in, in my university and, you know, the, the, everyone is screaming, Jib Al Jazeera, Jib Al Jazeera, get Al Jazeera on TV, get Al Jazeera on TV, you know. So this is what everyone was, was looking for at that, at that time. And, of course, it became... Uh, also a catalyst for other people for competition to start, you know, and which is very important as well. So I, I think the world would have been very different without Al Jazeera. And of course, you know, even for me, it's I, my work became kind of having our news from our side. And this is really kind of what Al Jazeera started to do as well, giving the news from our side. So for the first time ever, it's not a Westerner telling the story of what's happening in Palestine or what's happening in Sudan or what's happening elsewhere. It's actually someone from there telling the world what is going on from our point of view, from, from, from what we see and how we feel. Scott, 
you're in Birmingham in the UK. Of course, many people outside of the Middle East and North Africa will have no idea that Al Jazeera is this huge media network with, with a whole range of, uh, of different television uh, and, uh, and internet services. How important do you think the addition of the English, channel, uh, the English language channel and, and website uh, was to the network and its impact globally? Well, it, it was important for the, the channel, but it was more important for those of us who wanted news and information. Um, I can remember in 2003, at the time of uh, the Iraq war, that of course at that point it was primarily Al Jazeera Arabic. Um, Al Jazeera English, I think, had just started its website, which immediately came under attack. Uh, we didn't have Al Jazeera English television at that point, but at least we heard of these reports coming out of the Arabic world, even if we couldn't speak Arabic, and we saw the images, as Daoud Khattab mentioned, which brought that war to us, uh, albeit through our outlets who said, oh, look, look at what we've gotten from Al Jazeera. And then I can recall in 2008, two very, very different stories that taught me why Al Jazeera English were so important. On the upside, as it were, during the Israeli attacks on Gaza at the end of that year, CNN could not report from Gaza City. It could not report on the human cost. It was based in Cairo. The BBC was coming out of Jerusalem. Al Jazeera English, uh, who I think through Ayman Mohadin and Shireen Tadros, were the only two English language correspondents bringing out the essential news of what was happening during that six-week conflict. But at the same time, I was actually seeing this in Atlanta, Georgia, visiting my parents. And as I was getting news from Al Jazeera English's website, my sister charged in and said, turn that off, turn that off, turn that off. That, that's a website that's terrorist. The FBI will raid the house. So even then, after Al Jazeera English had established itself and was becoming important, that misconception of what it was in the United States, that idea that it was, it was the enemy, you still had to fight against that when you tried to say, look, they're not the enemy. They're what we need in this 21st century world. Dawood, Al Jazeera, of course, funded by the Qatari government as a private entity with uh, public benefit. There is a, a legal separation between state and broadcaster, as there is with, with public broadcasters all over the world. It is editorially independent, and yet it's often accused of being the mouthpiece of the Qatari government. Um, do you think viewers and users of its digital services realise that? Do you think that, um, that, that it's different to other broadcasters in the region? Does it matter to them? Well, first of all, to operate a, a worldwide satellite station, you need a lot of resources. And no matter who the source of the resources, there is always a, a problem. I think in the Qatar case, uh, there was two advantages that Qatar had. First, the fact that, as you said, uh, there was a strong attempt to separate the funders from the editorial policy. It worked most of the time, but it didn't work all the time. But it was much better than all the state-run media. The second part was that Qatar generally is a small country in, in the Arab world. And so there wasn't that much that the Qatari news happened. And, and in fact, when Qatar and Saudi Arabia had their conflict, uh, actually, that's when this editorial independence of Qatar was actually challenged and tested. It didn't do very well, I think. But still, uh, on almost all other news other than the Qatari news, 
Qatar was fine. They, they covered all points of view, the Saddam Hussein point of view and the opposition, Qaddafi's point of view and the opposition, the Moroccan uh, uh, king's position and the opposition and so on and so forth. So, you know, of the 330 million Arabs, you know, Qatar really is not that much of a story. And so in that sense, it actually played, it was very helpful that they didn't really have to worry about their own uh, situation. And as a result, you know, on the Palestine issue, they were great. On Lebanon, they were fine. Syria, they were fine. Most of the countries that they covered, they were fine. In fact, I would argue that in the Arab Spring, the media was so strong that it actually went, was ahead of the public because what we saw is that the local leaders, the local parties were not able to organize fast enough to take over power. And we've had those problems that we've seen in Egypt and other countries that really they couldn't govern as quickly with good, uh, trained, experienced uh, leaders as we needed. But the media was way ahead of them. Khalid, um, something like 100 nationalities are represented in, in our, our diverse newsrooms working across all of our channels and, and platforms. Um, how important do you think that diversity is in, in the network's coverage of, 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 of events? Um, if it was staffed for, by people purely from the Middle East and North Africa, there, there'd be a very different tone of voice, wouldn't there? Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, for me, I, it's, it's definitely the diversity that brings in a lot of different voices, a lot of different stories, the interests, and also discovering new things as well, because the locality is very important. I mean, you know, if the journalist is looking for a story uh, locally, it, it really brings out what the, the society is talking about. And in a lot of times, you you know, I get a call from a friend in Al Jazeera, or I also pitch stories, and it's 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 about this is what's happening right now. We should speak about this, or we should, they should speak about this, or you know. So it's it's very important. I think it's very important, and the expertise as well that people get from. The, you know, because you get everyone from you know, the XTNN staff, XBBC staff, and that's amazing. That's really great to bring all of this in and work with local Arab journalists to to, to further their, their 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 expertise as well. Scott, by, by striving to give all sides of a story and reflect diverse points of view, the networks often come in for criticism. It was the first Arab broadcaster to bring the Israeli perspective to the Arab world. Just how important was that editorial standpoint, do you think, 25 years ago? And why does, does that mission uh, to strive for truth, for honesty, balance, of allowing viewers and, and readers to make up their, old mind, uh, their own minds, why is that, that still controversial today? Well, in any issue of international conflict, there's more than one side to the story. But precisely when you talk about Israel and Palestine, or when you talk about the US versus China, or when you talk about Russia versus lots of other folks, you know, there's a tendency for people to go into camps. You know, my side right, your side wrong. And Al Jazeera English, Al Jazeera Arabic, although not as much in certain cases, but they, they strove to present more than one side of the point of view about these conflicts. And they do so today, I think, whether it's talking about Ethiopia and Tigray, for example, whether it's talking about the multi-sided issue that we're seeing right now happen in Sudan. Uh, in other words, they actually are covering multiple sides of conflicts that often don't even have a single side that break through internationally. But having said that, and without wanting to spoil your party, I think there's a couple of challenges to keep that going. I think the first is, is for Al Jazeera, is, is that it's that issue of resource. It's that issue of being able to have the capacity to tell multiple sides of the stories. Uh, 
Al Jazeera had problems trying to launch a channel in the United States. You know that story because that society is a very difficult media market right now. Uh, Al Jazeera has had to cut back on certain areas of, of the world, such as covering Europe. But still, it strives for that. And the reason why I think that's important is because others looked at Al Jazeera English and Al Jazeera Arabic, and they said, look, that's a model to reach lots of people. But they did it not to present all sides of the story. When the Russians did it with RT, they did it to present very clearly a single Kremlin side of the story. China with CGTV has done it to present Beijing's side of the story. And indeed, there are certain U.S. outlets who present only one side of the story, uh, not only internationally, but from within the U.S. So that challenge to continue to give voice, not just to the voiceless, but to give voice to all the voiceless, okay. not just some, that's the challenge to continue. Doug, we're, we're getting short on time here, so I need a, a briefish answer, please, if you can give me one. Do, would you agree with that? Our acting director general says that there's still much to be done. Um, what do you think that the challenges that face Al Jazeera are for the next 25 years? Well, there's always, for sure, there's a lot to be done. And for sure, the world needs to hear different points of view. And we need the ability to um, infiltrate not only television, but also the social media. Now, with AJ Plus and others, you're doing a fabulous job. Uh, and I think what needs to be done is to really understand the young people and the new technology that is being developed every day as we speak and how to kind of stay on in front or at least alongside the new technology. I think that's the biggest challenge you have. Okay. It's not about geography. It's more about technology. Khalid, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is this is what's what's ruling the world right now. It is it is technology, but also it's independence. And I think the 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 more that um, Al Jazeera presents itself as as a, you know as an independent uh, entity and pushes for more media freedoms, it's 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 definitely it has a respect already of a lot of people, a lot of activists because of what happened during the Arab Spring, because of the the the, the support showing both sides of the stories. But this continues, especially now with the, with, 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 with the policies of what's, what's happening now in the region. I think it's a, it's a huge challenge to show that we are, you know, Al Jazeera is an independent uh, uh, channel. Gentlemen, there we must end our discussion. Many thanks indeed for being with us on, on this, our 25th anniversary. I really appreciate it. Uh, Khaled Albea, uh, Dawood Kutab and Scott Lucas. And that's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Damien Lay, Maha Barada, Abdurrahman Wasami, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Renjith Kurian. The program was edited by Manish Mathai, Linen Gayan, and Joda Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. And thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Tuesday.